Hello, this is Josh Christman, pastor of the Anchor Church of Cambridge, located in Cambridge, Ohio. I want to say thanks for tuning in today. I hope this podcast inspires you, encourages you, and helps you to live the life that God has called you to live. He can heal it. He can restore it. Does anybody believe that he's a God that restores anything and everything that he wants to? And he can heal anything that he wants to heal and change anything that he wants to change. I got a testimony. (laughs) Praise the Lord. Matthew chapter 12. Matthew chapter 12 and verse 28. Couldn't get away from this this morning. And then we're going to read John chapter 21. And we'll start reading at verse 15. Matthew 12, it is so good to see everybody in the house of the Lord this morning. Amen. Thankful for for all of you who have made your way out to be with us. You could have been anywhere you wanted to be today and you chose to be here. And we are thankful for that. Amen. Are are you thankful to be in the house of the Lord? Amen. What a great opportunity. Matthew chapter 12, verse 25, or 28, sorry. Come unto me, all ye, or all of you, that labor and are heavy laden. Matthew 11, 28. I looked over and Chris is going, thank you, bro. Thank you. Hey, everybody makes mistakes. Praise the Lord. Matthew 11, 28. Now, if these ones don't line up, then we're in big trouble. When I started reading, I just felt confusion. I was like, man, that don't feel right. (laughs) Come unto me. Remember, these are the words in red. This is Jesus talking. Come unto me, all ye that labor and are heavy laden, and I'll give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn of me, for I am meek and lowly in heart, and ye shall find rest unto your souls. For my yoke is easy, 
and my burden is light. What you need is rest. I'm here this morning to tell somebody what you need is rest. Not sleep. You need rest. You need rest in the places in the on the inside of you where there's turmoil and where there's chaos and where there's confusion and you can't get away from it. There's only one place. Drugs don't do it. Come on, alcohol don't do it. The pleasures of this world don't do it. Money can't buy it. There's only one place to find that. And that is in our Savior. That is in Jesus Christ. That's the only place to find it. Amen. He said, you will, you shall find rest unto your souls. Amen. Jesus challenges Peter in John Verse 5, John 21, verse 15. So when they had dined, Jesus saith to Simon Peter, Simon, son of Jonas, lovest thou me more than these? He saith unto him, Yea, Lord, thou knowest that I love thee. He saith unto him, Feed my lambs. He saith to him again the second time, Simon, son of Jonas, lovest thou me? He saith unto him, Yea, Lord, thou knowest that I love thee. He saith unto him, Feed my sheep. He saith unto him the third time, Simon, son of Jonas, lovest thou me? And you get mad at me for, for preaching the same message over. Somebody say amen. He asked him three times in a row, do you, do you love me, Peter? Peter was grieved. Peter was grieved. Somebody say, Peter was grieved. And he said unto, unto him, Lord, thou knowest all things. Thou knowest that I love thee. Jesus saith unto him, feed my sheep. Verily, verily, I say unto you, when thou wast young, Thou girdest thyself, and walkest whither thou wouldest. But when thou shalt be old, thou shalt stretch forth thy hands, and another shall gird thee, and carry thee whither thou wouldest not. This spake he, signifying by what death he should glorify God. And when he had spoken this, he saith unto him, Follow me. Then Peter, turning about, seeth the disciple whom Jesus loved, following. Now you got to remember, John's writing this. Okay, so John's writing it from his perspective, and he called himself the disciple that Jesus loved. So as John's writing about Peter's encounter with Jesus, he says, Peter turned around and looked at me, the disciple that Jesus loved. That's awesome. Amen. Peter turns around and he says, which is he? Or, hold on a minute. Peter seeing him saith to Jesus, what shall this man do? The end of verse 20. 
what's, 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 what's going to happen to this guy? You know, because we want to compare our walk with God or our journey with other people. But this is not a journey that you compare with other people. It's a personal journey. Somebody say amen. Jesus said, if I will that he tarry till I come, what is that to thee? Follow thou me. If he, he might live until I come back. But what's that to you? Worry about yourself, basically, is what he's saying. Somebody say amen. I want to talk to you this morning on, on, on this subject. Finding rest. Finding, finding rest. Right, there's a lot of different things that we can talk concerning finding rest, but I'm going to cover just a couple of things this morning that I feel in the, in the Holy Ghost that we need to talk about, amen, that people need to hear today. I wonder if we could lay our Bibles down, lift our hands. You're about ready to get to sit down. You need to thank the Lord for that. Come on, lift your hands and pray with me right now. God, in the name of Jesus, I pray that your word would go forth with anointing with clarity, with accuracy, Lord. I pray, God, that you would anoint our eyes to see, our ears to hear, and our hearts to be understanding of your word. God, I pray, Lord, that you would have your way in this house. Loose your word, Lord, to have preeminence, Lord, and free course in this place. Say what you need to say. Do what you need to do in this place, and we'll give you all the glory. In Jesus' precious name we pray, amen. Clap your hands to the Lord one more time. You can be seated in the presence of the Lord. Finding rest. We need to find a place of rest. Dad, will you join, join me on the platform this morning? Praise the Lord. Finding rest. Praise God. Why don't we give him a hand this morning? Love my dad. Mom, love you too. Praise the Lord. So thankful for them and uh, uh, being raised the way that uh, according to Scripture and, and uh, really, uh, I don't know what I'd do without you. So thankful for you and uh, the hand of the Lord on your life. Rest. Rest, finding rest is finding a place of peace. Somebody say peace. Peace. I remember growing up and my, my mom had eight children. And so uh, there was eight of us in the house and six of those boys. And I remember... Uh, heard saying can't I just get one moment of peace uh, I mean we were 
we were wild. Boys are wild. I mean, we fought for seats. We fought to what we were going to watch on the television, what cartoon. We fought for places to sleep. We fought for popsicles. We fought for, didn't matter what it was, we fought for it. Amen. We, we fought for mom, mom's affection and we fought for dad's affection. We fought to see who's going to get to sit on her lap and, and we fought. It didn't matter what it was. There, was. there was always something happening. And I remember my mom saying, can I get just one moment of peace? Amen. But having a place, a quiet place to where you can get away, um, that's not really finding peace. Going on vacation. Uh, getting away from the job, uh, getting away from, from sometimes we just want to get away from people. Amen. Uh, sometimes we just want to get by ourselves, but, but, but that's not finding peace. Amen. Uh, getting a bass boat and going out on the lake by yourself where there's, where there's no people. Um, yeah, that's a, that's a, a, sometimes a tranquil place to be and, and you can enjoy the day doing that, but that's not really finding peace. Somebody say amen. Peace doesn't come from, from an outside influence. Amen. We don't receive peace from, from anything that this world has to offer. We know that the Bible tells us that, that, that his name shall be called Wonderful, Counselor, the Mighty God, the Everlasting Father, and the Prince of Peace. Amen. We understand that, that, that the government shall be upon his shoulders, the Bible says. And this through this son, he shall be called the Prince of Peace. Peace doesn't come from money. You can't find it with a better job, amen. You might find a little bit of security uh, uh, to get you by and you might find uh, a little bit of uh, security so that you don't have to maybe worry about a couple of the, of the things that you worry about in this moment right now. But finding that better job is not going to bring peace. In fact, the, uh, the statistics tell you that if you make more money, you're going to spend more money. Somebody say amen. It's not going to fix by having more, be fixed by having more money. Amen. Because if we're not fixed, it's not going to be fixed. You can get a better job. You can make more money. But if you can't handle what you have right now, come on, then what is getting more going to do for you? It's going to give you more problems and more heartaches and more bills. Am I preaching to anybody? Come on. Amen. The things of this world, they cannot give you peace. Amen. Uh, we, might, we might try to hide in those things and protect ourselves in those things, but we have to understand that true peace comes from the Lord. Amen. Uh, peace is not the state of my affairs. Peace is the state of my soul. What's going on on the inside dictates what happens on the outside. Come on, what's going on on the inside of, of your soul, of your body, of your, your intellect and your spirit? Amen. If, if, there's, if there's the word of God and the spirit of the Lord is not governing your inside, you will, you will not find peace on your outside. 
Somebody say amen. These two things go hand in hand. You need to get to the place. Let me just tell you right offhand. You got to get to the place that he's in control of everything. Everywhere that you've been, everywhere that you are, and everything that you're going going to do in every place that you're going to be. Your whole life has to be put in his hands because he is a God who can handle it. And I come to tell you tonight, today that he has a plan. Amen. He's got a purpose for your life. If you're still breathing, God's got a purpose for your life. Come on. He hadn't given up on you yet. You might be struggling right now. You might be struggling to get up in the mornings and, and to get to, and to step out of bed and put one foot in front of the other. But I come to tell you this morning that God God is in control and he's got a plan for your life. Come on, it's time that we find it. Amen. Peace comes from a state of rest on the inside, which only comes through Jesus Christ. Where we lay down our dead works. Come on, we lay down our lifestyle in repentance. We turn away from our past and we turn towards God with everything that we are. In order to get it, you got to give him everything. Somebody say everything. Last week, we, we, we preached about forgetting the things which are behind and reaching for the things which are before. Because as, as, as long as you have a hold of what's behind you and you, you, you still have a grasp on it, and you haven't let it go, it's impossible for you to reach for what God is currently doing in your life or wanting to do. You got, you, you got to forget the things which are behind you. Amen. And, and reach with all of your energy to what's before you or what's ahead of you or the future or the plan and the will of God for your life. Amen. You can't allow your past to dictate where you're going. Come on, you can't allow your past to dictate anything about your future. You got to put it in, you, you, you got to forget about it. Amen. You, you got to get it under the blood. Amen. That's why we're baptized in Jesus' name for the remission of your sins. It's buried with him in baptism and it's cast in the sea of forgetfulness, never to be remembered against you again. As far as, as east is from the west, so he cast our sin away from us. Amen. Understanding that if God don't remember it against me, why should I remember it against myself. Amen. If, if God's not going to remember that against me and hold that against me, then why should I hold that against myself? I believe today I'm preaching to people, you want to let it go, you, you want to get beyond it, amen, but you can't. You can't figure out how to do it, amen. You can't figure out how to let go of it, amen. You try to get past it and you, you try to reach and you work and you labor to try to get there, but you just don't seem to be able to get past it, amen. I believe that God's going to heal you this morning. I believe he's going to help you to cut it off. Amen. In Jesus name. Amen. Peter was a, a very uh, useful character in scripture. Um, the Lord was able to use him to teach us a lot of principles and to teach us about his love because Peter was a big mouth. We got any big mouths in the house? You don't have to admit it. Everybody knows. 
Don't get mad at me. Amen. We're not even just, we're just getting started. Amen. He was a big mouth. He, 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 was, he was spontaneous. He, 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 he said what was on his mind. Got anybody like that in the house? Say what's on your mind. I got to get this out. Amen. Amen. Peter was that type. He was bold. He was strong. He was a strong man. He was a man's man. Amen. I believe a man should be a man. Somebody say amen. And a woman should be a woman. I believe it's the will of God for a man to be a man and a woman to be a woman. Amen. You're a man. Be a man. Amen. He was a man's man. And he would stand up and say whatever he was feeling in the moment. Amen. Uh, all of the other disciples looked to Peter. Peter was an influence over their life. Amen. They, they kind of went as he went. Amen. He was, was kind of the leader of the pack. He, he, was, a, he was a strong personality. He, he was a, uh, what do they call that? An A personality. Is that what they call it? We'll call it an A personality. Amen. He was the alpha. Ho, ho, ho. Amen. He was, he was, he was, he was the man. He, uh, when, when he folded his nets and followed Jesus, the, the men that were with him folded their nets and followed Jesus. Amen. They went where he went and Peter, Peter had influence over their lives. Peter would be highly used of God, powerfully used of the Lord in, in the coming books and scriptures, amen, and the church that God was establishing. He was going to be the powerfully used of the Lord and, and highly anointed of God, amen. God's got a plan for your life. He's not gonna leave you the way that he found you. Come on, when God's got a plan for your life, he knows where you fit. He knows what he's gonna have you do. He's gonna put place his hands on your life and he's gonna fashion you in the way that you need to be fashioned to the place where you understand that he's God and you're not. But he does have a plan for you. Come on, I don't care where you, what you've done or where you've been or how lowly that you have lived. Amen. If God's got a plan for your life, he has the power to pick you up, anoint you, put his word in your mouth and use you in a powerful way. Somebody say amen. Peter was the one that when Jesus began to tell his disciples about about how he was going to be crucified, the death that he was going to die. He began to share with them, I'm going, I'm going to Jerusalem, but I'm going to be handed over to sinful men and I'm going to be beaten and I'm going to be nailed to a cross. Come on, for the, for the glory of the Father. Peter spoke up and said, no, you're not. This is God manifest in the flesh. Jesus is like, excuse me. No, you're not. Be far from you, Lord. That's not going to happen. Jesus spoke to him and said, get thee behind me, Satan. Come on, because thou savorest not the things that be of God, but the things that be of men. Amen. Peter was acting in care for the Lord's life, but he had to, he had, the Lord was giving him a little bit of a revelation.
generation that the things that men care about are not the same things that God cares about. That we have to we have to go through a transition in our lives where we realize the things that God cares about are way way different than the things that we cared about before or the things that men care about. Amen. We try to save our lives, but Jesus said, "I came not to to save my life, but to lay my life down." I have the power to lay it down and I have the power to take it back again. They don't take my life. I have the power to lay it down. Amen. We understand. He was letting them know, I'm going to lay down my life for the sin of the whole world. But as carnal men, they could not grasp the understanding of what God was trying to do. Amen. Anytime that you're going to be elevated spiritually, you're going to go down. Come on. You're going to humble yourself. You're going to humble yourself under the mighty hand of God that God may exalt you. Anytime we try to exalt our own plans, our own ideas, we're trying to exalt our own lives, our own intellect. Come on, if it don't come from God's word, it's coming from another source. And that source is not out for your best interest, but that will lead you to destruction. So God was trying to let Peter know that voice that you're listening to that's trying to save my life, that's the wrong voice because I came to give my life a ransom for many. And you're trying to keep me from doing God's will. There's a stark contrast. The voice that wants to that, that wants to save your life, your old life, that wants to hold on to things from your old life, that, that wants to hold on to friends from the old life and hold on to acquaintances and hold on to habits and hold on to ideas and hold on to, 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 to drugs and alcohol and, and, and sins of the past. You have to understand those influences and those things are going to lead you to destruction. You need to be able to cut all those off and reach for the life of the Lord. God, I'm dying out to myself and I'm reaching for you. Somebody say amen. Well, Peter didn't get it. Peter, somebody say Peter didn't get it. Peter's like, Lord, I'll die for you. I will lay down my life. Can you drink of the cup that I'm going to drink of? Yes. Before the, before the rooster crows, you're going to deny me three times. This is the night where he was taken. Where they came to the Garden of Gethsemane and they got him. Peter, he could not see it. He couldn't see it. He couldn't, he couldn't see his ability to fail couldn't see it. He, the way that he felt for Jesus, he thought he, he would never walk away. He, he would never fail him. I'm going to be there for you. Everybody else might walk away from you, but I'm not going to walk away from you. I'm going to be there. Jesus is like, no, you're going to deny me. You're going to deny me three times before the rooster crows. That means before daybreak of the next day, you're going to deny me three times. Peter's like, whatever. Amen. The Bible says that they were praying in the Garden of Gethsemane. And the band of men came to get Jesus that night. And Judas betrayed him with a kiss. And they knew it was the Lord and they took him. 
Peter drew a sword. <laughs> he was a fighter. <laughs> Cuts off the ear of Malchus. Jesus is like, hold on a minute. Put your sword away. This is not the kind of battle that we came to fight. This is not how we fight our battles. Peter standing there. Right? You know what it's like. Come on, who's next? He's like, put away your sword. was his idea of loyalty. Also wrong. We'll fight for those that we love, won't we? We'll pull that sword out. We'll go to war, but that, that's wrong. That's not how we fight our battles. Somebody say, man, put your sword away. Jesus kneels down, picks up Malchus's ear, Walks over, it says. Reattaches it. Malchus is like, the pain's gone. He just, he's healed me. He, he's got blood running down his face, but there's no sign of the, the wound. Amen. He's, t- he's letting Peter know that the people that you're cutting with your sword, if I didn't ordain it, I'm going to have to heal them. Right? I'm, I'm going to have to heal what you're... He had to heal what the damage that Peter... They take him. They take him before a mock trial where they're condemning him and they got false witnesses against him. And Peter fought, The Bible says that the Peter followed afar off. And as Jesus is... As he's being taken and he's being tried, he's standing without warming himself by the fires and and somebody said you're one of you're you're one of them i recognize you you're 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 one of his followers he's like no i'm not let me find another fire hold on a minute you're 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 one of his your speech betrays you. No, I'm not. I'm not. I'm not. I'm not a follower. Goes to another place. He's just trying to watch. And they call him out again. I, I recognize you. You're you're one of you're one of his disciples. You're one of his followers. I've seen you with him before. And he cursed and he said, No, I'm not. Amen. He, it didn't matter where he went, they recognized him as being a follower of Jesus Christ. Amen. Called of God. The hand of the Lord was upon his life. They, they recognized him, that he was, that he was different. Amen. But, but, but he couldn't see it in himself, and he denied the Lord, just like the Lord said, and the Bible says, that the, the rooster crowed. And Peter remembered. He told me that I was going to fail. And I failed just like he told me I was going to. The Bible says that he ran out. 
and he wept bitterly. He was broken on the inside. He had failed the Lord. He, he had failed to do what he told the Lord that he would do. In fact, he fulfilled what God said he would do. Somebody say amen. And that, that hurt him. Somebody say he was hurt. Wept bitterly, broken on the inside. Jesus went to the cross. They condemned him to the cross, nailed him to the cross. He died on the cross. Can you imagine the feeling that, that Peter had that, that he carried with him? Because that was a, to him it was a failed commitment. To him, it was a failed promise. To him, it was, it was, it was life and death. It was a failure. It, it was something that he failed to do, that that he wanted to do, or that he thought he could do, that he thought he could fulfill. Man, he he thought in the moment that that he could do what what he said he was going to do, but he failed, and he was broken over it, wept bitterly. He was carrying it with him. Amen. The Bible says on resurrection morning. There's a stirring at the tomb. Jesus is gone. The stones rolled away. Amen. Uh, a couple of the women encountered Jesus in the garden. Amen. But he said, don't, don't, don't touch me. I, 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 I got to go. I got to go take care of some stuff first. You're not, you can't touch me yet. He said, go tell my disciples and Peter. Go tell my disciples and Peter that I'm going to go before them into Galilee. They're going to encounter me. I'm going to, I'm going to show myself to them, but you let them know. Let my disciples know that I'm alive. And let Peter know too. Because Peter needed to hear specifically that God called him out. Come on. Peter needed to hear specifically that the Lord called him by name. Amen. Because when you failed, you want to know that God means you too. Come on. When you failed big, when, when, when you failed large, you, you need to know that God said you too. Come on. And when they, the women came, tell, tell the disciples in Peter that, that I'm risen. Peter got up from where he was at. Peter and John, the, the beloved disciple the one that Jesus loved. He also said he outran Peter to the tomb. He's a lot younger. That'd be like me trying to race Luke. Not only would I probably injure myself, he would beat me by a long ways. The Bible says that they ran to the tomb and they, they John beat him to the tomb. But he waited. And Peter, when he got there, he went in first. Do you see, do you see the connection? Do you, do you understand the, the connection? He waited for Peter. You know, it's like going into the haunted house. I can't believe I just said that. There's this old house that we used to, old tore down condemned house that we used to go into when I was a kid 
and all the kids in the neighborhood would break the windows out and whatever. Nobody would ever want to go in. And we made up our minds, we're going to go in. It's not haunted. They say, it's haunted. It's not haunted. Let's go. We get to the door. It's like, okay, you first. Who's the guy that you say, oh, okay, you first? I mean, who's, who's the one that you look to that always goes first, right? It's the big prideful one, the one that thinks he's tougher than anything. I'll go. I'm not scared. Floor caves in. It was Peter. Amen. Because the, the one that the call of God, the high call of God is on. Come on. The one that's going to be a leader has to understand first. Amen. He's got to teach you a, a lesson. Amen. In humility. Amen. Peter was the one that went in and understood that Jesus had risen from the dead. Amen. Could it be? Could it possibly be that he's risen from the dead? And the Bible says that as they were gathered together that Jesus showed up. Amen. He showed him the nail scars in his hands and the, 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 the hole in his side where the, the spear pierced his side. He said, touch me, handle me, because flesh and blood has not, uh, spirit has not flesh and blood like you see me have. He showed up in front of them in the body that he was in when he was crucified. Amen. He showed them the nail scarred hands. He showed them the, the, the hole in the side. Amen. They worshiped him for who he was. And Thomas, doubting Thomas said, I'll believe it when I see it. And the Bible says he went right to Thomas and he stretched out his hands and he said, he said, feel and feel the holes in my hands and the hole in my side because, because I was crucified but I'm alive forevermore. Amen. They, they were filled with joy and they were filled with amazement. They were filled with, 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 with hope for the future because Jesus did exactly what they, he said he would do. Amen. But that wasn't enough for Peter. It wasn't enough. Peter was... He was wounded. He, he was wounded by failure. He couldn't let go of it. How can the Lord, how can the Lord ever use me? How, how could the Lord ever use me because of what I've done? I denied him. Nobody else denied him. I denied him. Nobody else has gone through what I went through. Somebody say amen. Peter looks at the disciples. He's like, I go fishing. I'm going back fishing. See, he was a fisherman before the Lord called him. Called him out of it. He said, I go fishing. I don't know what else to do. I'm going back. And they said, well, we're going with you. Because Peter's a leader. So they all end up in the boats fishing. Amen. Peter's leading the way. Bible says that they toiled all night. And they didn't catch anything. Anybody ever fished all night and not caught anything? By the end of the night, you're like throwing stuff in the water, throwing the bait in the water. 
these weren't just amateurs. These were fishermen. They knew where the fish were supposed to be. They were good at what they did. Amen. They, they, they gave themselves to it. They had their own boats. They had their own nets. They had it all. Amen. They, they didn't have to borrow their tackle. They already had it. Amen. That life was already set up for them. That life was already prepared for them. They already had everything in order. You know, it's easy to go back to a life that already has everything in order for you. The things are already there. Everything's already in place. You, all you got to do is just step back into it and continue living it. Amen, it's easy to go back to, but it's hard to cut free from a life where everything's all set up, amen. And you got to struggle ahead trying to figure out what you're going to do next and where you're going to go from here and you're going to have to put your faith in God. I come to tell you today, the purpose of God is not your old life and the things that were set up for your past. It's a new life that God has written in his book. It's prepared for you and you uniquely designed to fit what he's called you to be and who he's called, what he's called you to do. Amen. Fished all night and they didn't catch anything. Because when God's not in it, he, he won't let it prosper. When the call of God's on your life, there's some lessons that you've got to learn. Amen. You're struggling trying to make a go of it. Struggling trying to make it go. Struggling trying to make that life prosper. Struggling to try, try to get free. Come on. Laboring and working. Trying to gain happiness and trying to find satisfaction and trying to find fulfillment and trying to find security in this life and peace for your family. Trying Struggling and working. Trying to find it. Amen. But understand today, you can struggle all you want. You can fight all you want. You can have all the wisdom and the understanding of whatever corporation you're in. But if the Lord's calling you to some other path, he will not allow that to prosper. He will not allow that to go because the call of God's on your life. You can work and labor and, and, and hurt yourself and lay awake at night and try to dream up an avenue through which you can be prosperous. But I come to tell you, when the call of God's on your life, it's not gonna be that direction. God will not allow it to happen. Laboring. Come on, laboring. Somebody say laboring. Working with your hands. Laboring, working hard. Amen. Working to try to gain it. Working to try to get ahead. Working to try to have it. Not understanding. There's another path. Jesus shows up on the shore. He's like, have you caught anything? Has anybody ever asked you a question you didn't want to answer? You're like, no! Frustration. Is that life prosperous for you? That's like, I'm not going to say it. Thank you, Jesus. anything see when the Lord asks us questions it's not because he wants to know the answer he wants us to ponder it be like no I didn't catch anything why didn't I catch anything he wants you to think about it. it's a rhetorical question think about it did you catch anything He says, 
Put your nets on the right side of the boat. Peter's like, that's the Lord, isn't it? They're tired. They're frustrated. They said, because you said to do it, I'm going to do it. But it's not going to work. So he throws his net out, and they begin to try to pull it in. And it's so full of fish that they can't drag it in by themselves. And they're trying. It's sinking the boat. It's so full of fish. And so the other boat has to come and try to help them with the fish, right? Peter's like, that's the Lord. Puts his coat on. He's, the Bible says that he was naked. I don't know what kind of people fish naked. But if you do, I'm not going fishing with you. We'll just have to be friends in a different way. Fishing with a bunch of dudes naked. Put your clothes on. <laughs> Puts his coat on. When he saw it was the Lord, he put his coat on. Somebody say amen. Because we don't want the Lord to see us like that. Even though he already saw what you did. <laughs> Jumps in the water and swims. To the shore. This is Peter. This is the one that failed. This is the one that wanted to go back. Because the Lord knew in order to get all them other guys on board, I got to get Peter. Come on, I, I got to get Peter. Hey Amen, I got to get him. I got to get him. Once I get him, all these other guys are going to follow him. Amen, because he has influence. He jumps in the water and he, Jesus is sitting there, got a fire going, fish on it. He's already got fish. Somebody say, he's already got what you're looking for. He's already got it. It's already there. It's, all, it's prepared already. It's on the fire. It's ready to be eaten. It's not, it's not the process that they had to go through to get it, to catch it, fillet it, build a fire, and cook it. He's already how many steps ahead of where they're trying to get. Somebody say, man, he's ahead of me. Somebody say, he's ahead of me. He's got it prepared for it. It's already sitting there, ready to be eaten. He's like, are you hungry? They all come in on their boats, and they gather around until he breaks the bread blesses it, gives it to them. They begin to eat the fish. He takes Peter aside. Come here, Luke. Oh, he don't want to. Takes Peter aside. Peter, do you love me? I don't like the silence. He says, yeah, I love you, Lord. Feed my lambs. They walk a little further. He says, Peter, do you love me? 
باشیم This is profound, isn't it? Peter, do you love me? Lord, you know all things. You know you know that I love you. Feed my he said, feed my sheep. Does anybody know why he asked him three times? Because he denied him three times. He said, let's just get this out of the way. Let's just get this out of the way right now so we can move forward with it. Are, do you love me? I love you, Lord. Are you sure you love me? I love you, Lord. Do you, Peter, do you love me? I, I love you, Lord. Then feed my sheep. And then he, you can be seated. And he makes a statement with him and he to him and he says, when you were young, you went where you wanted to go. You did what you wanted to do. But when you're old, when you're older, when you got a white beard and white hair, you may know what I'm talking about. You're going to go where you don't want to go. And you're going to do what you don't want to do. Because it all circled around that decision. The decision to give him total control. Peter, do you love me more than these? That's what he asked him. Do you love me more than these the first time? You know what that means? Some people say, I read a commentary that said, well, he was asking Peter if, if he loved him more than the other disciples loved him. I don't believe that's what he was asking. him. I don't think that's right. Why would God want to know if I feel like I love him more than other people love him? He was saying, do you love me more than these fish? This miracle of fish that I just pulled in for you. Do you love me more than do you love me more than that? Do you love me more than the prosperity that they will bring? Do you love me more than the, the, the occupation that do you love me more than the process of that? Do you love me more than the thing that defines you right now? Amen. Do you love are you willing to cut free from the things that are uh, defining your life right now and reach for what I have for you? Feed my lambs, feed my sheep, feed my sheep. Because he was speaking of the position that he was going to place him in as a preacher of the gospel and as a shepherd to the flocks of God that he was going to save in Jerusalem. I come to tell you, when God calls you, he knows what he's doing, amen. And I want to—I just want to let you off the hook this morning and let you know that your failure does not disqualify you from the call of God in your life. It's time to let go of that and reach for God. It's time to cut it off and reach for God. Even Peter failed. But when they came out of the upper room on the day of Pentecost, when the Holy Ghost fell and, and all the crowd gathered around and started asking, what meaneth this? It was Peter that stood up with the 11 and said, these are not drunk as ye suppose. It's just the third hour of the day. But this is that which was spoken by the prophet Joel, that in the last day saith God, I'll pour out my spirit upon all flesh. Your sons and daughters are going to prophesy. Your old men will dream 
prophets and on the ladies and on the handmaidens will I pour out of my spirit in that day. This is that. Amen. It was Peter that stood up and said, repent and be baptized every one of you in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of sins and ye shall receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. And God added to the church 3,000 souls in one day. It was Peter. It was the one that failed. Come on. It was the one that failed. Somebody say it was the one that failed. It was the one that failed God. It was the one that denied him. Come on, it was the one that fought in a way that, that, that nobody else fought. Amen, he cut the ear off of the guard. Amen, he pulled the sword. It was, it was Peter, it was big mouth, arrogant Peter who thought he had all the answers. He needed to fail, come on. He needed to fail so he would understand the sovereignty of God. He needed to fail so he could understand that the call of God was bigger than any business that he could ever own, any company that he could ever prosper in. It was bigger. Somebody say it was bigger. It's bigger than any plan that we have for ourselves. The call of God is bigger. And it needs to be put at number one priority in order to reach for his future. He had to let go of his failure. Somebody say amen. He had to let go of the pain of his failure. All the love that he had for God could not keep him from failing. Think about it. All the effort that, that he wanted to not fail couldn't keep him from failing. You know, we beat ourselves up and we hold on to things thinking, I should have been stronger than that. I should have been better than that. I should, with the way that I was raised, I should have been better than that. Come on, with the opportunities, that I, I should have been better. I should not allow that to happen. And we hold guilt even over things that we couldn't have stopped if we wanted to. Can I just let you off the hook this morning and let you know you couldn't have kept it from happening. You couldn't keep it from happening. We want to feel like that, that, that we have that power. And we put all the blame on ourselves and we hold on to that because we're the ones that failed. Amen. When we need to have a revelation, yeah, I failed because I'm infallible and the things that happened in my life, I couldn't keep from happening because of the condition of my heart. But God is calling me out of those things. Come on. He's calling me beyond those things. He's got a blessing for my future. He's got peace for my life. He's got prosperity in the spirit of God. He's got a future husband for you. He's got a future wife for you. Come on. He's got something already cooking on the fire. Oh, you got to do is just trust him. Come on. Get away from the past. Let it go. He's got it cooking on the fire. Come on. I can smell it this morning. I can smell the plan of God cooking on the fire. Jesus is waiting for us to get tired of our own plan and 
reach for his. What's it going to take? He said, come to me. Those of you, you're, you, you labor and, you, and you're heavy laden. Amen. Come, come unto me. You're, you're, you're laboring. It's not because you're lazy that is not working. It's not because you're not trying. Come on. It's not because you're not trying to do right. It's, it's, it's not because uh, you, you just keep working hard and there's all this, the weight of the world is upon your shoulders and you're, 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 you're laden with debt and you're, you're, you're laden with responsibility and you're, 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 you're laden with guilt and you're laden with failure and you're laden with shame and you're trying to carry this load and be a, a good man and, or a good woman. You're trying to carry this load you're trying to get up under the load by yourself and, and be the person that you should be and just bear the load. But I come to tell you this morning, you're not going to have to bear the load alone. The Lord has told me to, for you to lay it down so that you can pick up his yoke, so that you can pick up his plan and his purpose because the plan of God, you're just going to have to believe it for him. Come on, you're just going to have to trust him for it. You're just going to have to follow his way and he'll make a way where there seemed to be no way. Stand with me all around the building this morning. Lift your hands to the Lord. Lift your hands to the Lord and say, God, I submit to your plan and your will. I want your will in my life. Come on, I want your will in my life. I want your plans for my life. In the name of Jesus. The Lord wants to set you free. The Lord wants to set you free. You've carried it long enough. Come on, you've beat yourself up long enough. You don't have to bear it alone. It's heavy. This morning in prayer, couldn't get out from underneath the heaviness. I felt so hopeless. As I was praying, I just felt the heaviness settling upon me. I believe the Lord was letting me feel what folks are feeling. It's heavy. Come on, it's too heavy for you. It'll crush you. It'll break you. It'll destroy you. Come on, you try to carry it by yourself. It'll destroy your family. It'll destroy the people close to you. Come on, it'll destroy your mind. You need the Lord. You need Jesus to help you. You need to lay it down so that you can take up his plan. Come on, put it in his lap. Put it in his lap this morning. And say, God, I'm letting it go. I'm leaving it right here today. I don't even know the next step to take. All I know is I got to get off out from underneath this weight. I got to get out from underneath this weight. There's freedom. There's freedom available today. There's freedom available. I believe he's calling to us. 
I believe he called you out of bed this morning. I believe he called you to this place today. And he's trying to tell you, quit trying to bear it alone. Quit trying to live this life alone. Come on, quit trying to find it by yourself. Come on, quit trying to find it in things that don't have any value. I got the plan already written out for you. I got it already cooking on the fire. All I need you to do is submit to it. It's that simple. You couldn't have stopped it if you wanted to. You couldn't have stopped it if you wanted to. It's time to give it to the Lord. It's time to give it to Jesus. Come unto me. I, I, I can see the Lord this morning with his arms just stretched out over this congregation of people, over this city, over this whole region saying, come to me, to a world. It's laboring and they're heavy laden. They can't find any rest because I got what you're looking for. I got what you're looking for. Come on, is there anybody today that's interested in finding rest? Is there anybody interested in just laying it down today? Come on and picking up the plan of God. If that's you, why don't you come down to this altar this morning, find a place to pray, lift your hands unto the Lord and make a commitment to God this morning. I love you, God. You see my heart. God, you see, Lord, the desires of my heart. Lord, you see my desire to be right with you, God. Lord, I pray, Lord, that you would cut off every past failure, Lord. I pray that you would heal it, Lord. Do whatever's necessary today, God, to cut it off, to cut off the past, to cut off thoughts of the past, damage of the past. Lord, in the name of Jesus, I pray, help us to reach for our future today. to come to the Lord today. Find a place to get alone with God. Hallelujah. I trust in God. There's healing for your future. Come on, there's healing for your family. Come on, the things that have happened that you thought you would never get over. God's going to cut them off today. Come on, he's going to cut you free. He's going to let you run to your future. I trust in God.
Thanks again for listening to the Anchor Church of Cambridge podcast. If you enjoyed it, make sure you subscribe so you can keep up with our weekly sermons. If you are in the Cambridge area, we invite you to join us on Sundays at 11 a.m. Again, thanks for listening and we hope to see you soon.